Before we get into today's episode, have you seen my new logo? It was designed by Ross Ullman Design. Whether it's branding, logos, printed media, social media, posters, t-shirt designs, feel free to contact him for any of your desired needs. Visit his website to get started. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, welcome back to another episode, and please allow me to welcome my guest today. Naya, how are we doing? I am wonderful. Disclaimer, I'm going to be very awkward until I... Oh, no, we love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, awkward is a good term to use right now because, I mean, I'm sure it must feel rather weird <laughs> seven years later to be talking about this. Like, I didn't... I, I won't expect you to imagine that we would be doing this right now, right? Like, this has to feel kind of weird that you're talking about stuff that almost probably feels like a past life of yours at this point in time. Very How much. is it now? Like, is it, has it set in yet, or is it not going to set in until probably another two weeks when it premieres? I feel like it's going to set in later, um, but I was one of those people where after, I mean, seven years have, you know, transpired since the last time I was on the show, and I had put this chapter behind me, and I was very thankful for it, and I had a really wonderful time, and I also had the seven years I had to grow up and evolve and, like I said to you before, go to therapy and figure out who I was and who I didn't want to be and let go of childish things and all this stuff. Like, I'm thankful for that. But I also was like, okay, I'm done with the challenge. Like, there's no way I would ever go back. And now I'm 33. I'm washed up. I'm old. I have a back. Like, there was going to call me, even if, like, they had no one else. I was just like, there's no way. And so I was at peace with, like, the newcomers that came in and carried the torch and did their thing. And when this happened, initially I said, no, like, I love my career. I'm very mindful of the things that I do now because it was hard for me to get in this industry based on the stuff that I did in my past on TV. And so, I mean, I'll be completely honest. The only reason I did it is because Jordan was on it. (laughs) And one day he came to my house and he's like, we were just, like, having, like, a pool party and grilling out. And... I told him I got the call and he said he got the call and I was shocked because he normally does the main show. And I was like, if you do this, I will do it. But if you don't do it, I won't do it because I don't know any of these people. I don't know. I don't really have a desire to do this. I'm scared. I'm old. I haven't worked out all summer. Like, why would I be there? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go. So that was essentially my only like motivation to do it and go and know I had a trusted person that I love that, um, would be there with me and had already done this before with me. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy that I did it. I am definitely a different person. I mean, people will notice I'm very quiet and I'm very quiet and very awkward. I'm very like trying to figure out my groundings and my, or getting my bearings and whatnot. Um, because I'm rusty. I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, Yeah. I was kind of curious with kind of, you know, you both kind of came on to that at the same time. I was wondering if there was like anybody that maybe influenced you and in wanting to come back, you know what I mean? Like how was maybe this first approach? Like, was it just like a normal standard call? Like you would get in the past, maybe where you called for the first two seasons or was like this your lone call? This was my lone call. Mm. And first oh. I thought, Oh, and I'm like, there's no way like they want me to come back for this. But one of the producers, after I said no initially, she said, watch the first season and then form your opinion. It's different. It's not the same environment. It's not like a bunch of young people. You're not going to be with like 23-year-olds. It is not the same experience that you had previously. 
Um, and so I said, okay, I'll watch it. So I went through, watched it. And then at that point, like Jordan had come over and I was like, okay, this feels like a safe place where I can venture into. And I have, there are a few people in that room that I knew had already gotten the um, confirmation that we're going like Wes, who I love, who I did access to with. So to know he was going to be there was, um, reassuring to me. Uh, a few other people, I can't think of names right now, but I was just like, okay, I feel safe. Nehemiah, I hadn't met him, but I had loved him and he and I connected, um, right before the show. So I felt good, but I mean, I just, I had tweeted, I would, I said, guys, stop asking me. I'm never going back. And that's never say never ever again, because like God has such a crazy sense of humor that mm -mm, he has his own way. So I just. You know, now I'm like, okay, like I'm open to like all things that are good. And I feel like I'm yeah. better to, you know, handle that type of situation now. Was was there any moving parts that needed to be put in place in order to like make this happen? Because obviously the word reality TV and like transitioning onto a show while you have like a career can sometimes be met with like a little bit of a stigma, of course, as you could probably imagine. Was that, was there any conversations that needed to be had in order for that to kind of get off the ground moving? 100%. So when the producers called me and offered me um, a spot on the show, I said, okay, let me think about it. Number one, I needed to talk to my employers, the people that I work for, I needed to have their blessing, or I was not doing it. It just was like a, a non negotiable thing, because I had to be tirelessly to get in because of what happened the last few times that I was on in that environment, right? Mm -hmm. So once I had their blessing, I was like, okay, well, they're saying that they trust me. I mean, they hired me after knowing the things that I said and did in my past. And they formed an opinion um, on me based on how they met me. And they're like, listen, you're amazing. We love you. Go for it. Like, you ha we have your back, you know. Um, just don't mention, like, who you fly for or, you know, any of yeah. the, like, little things because of NDAs and just professionalism in itself. Um, but just to have, to know that I had the people that I worked for support me and I didn't know what the response was going to be, but if I had any inclination that they were like, no, I just wasn't going to do it because I love my job. I love my career. I love my life. And, um, I didn't want to do anything that could possibly taint it, especially just to like go back on TV. That's never been an interest of in mine just to be on TV or be famous or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so Yeah. I think that might be a natural segue into this next topic then, because I deal very closely with a lot of cast members that talk about like how exiting the show is very hard for them when kind of exiting off the show and then stepping back into normal life can be like a bit of a culture shock for them. And those are from cast members that continue to do the show. Was it maybe like that for you once you got done? Like, this is it. I'm not going back to the show. Like, because I know you had that post right around the time of the Oscars. You said that it was hard, like, meeting people. And then even with employment, like, they would turn back to that moment from Real World Portland with your cast members, obviously. Was that, like, a, a real thing for you with, uh, you know, one, meeting people and then, like, trying to get jobs after? Yeah, um, because I feel like... For me, it was a lot of uh, closed doors and people were not telling me why. So when I was in pursuit of my career in corporate aviation, I had the experience. I had the resume stacked with like luxury hospitality, the culinary background, 
the look, the personality, the confidence, all these things. And people were interviewing me, but they weren't actually hiring me. So, but they weren't telling me why. I had to figure that out. And one day a company told me, yeah, we Googled you and this looks problematic and we don't know like what this is. And, you know, I totally understood it, but in the beginning it was very frustrating um, because I'm just like, well, what am, what's happening? Is it because I'm black? Like, I didn't know because, you know, there's not a lot of black girls or black people in general in corporate aviation. So I thought, is that it? That can't be it in like modern society. Um, but it really was like what I had done on television looked like a felony. It looked like a porn background. It looked like something that would be judged at the highest level and shunned. And I had to sit in that and understand that and accept accountability because my actions had consequences years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it came out of nowhere. I thought that that shit was gone and forgotten. And like, you know, I'm friends with all these people now. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be in for this. Like everybody knows, or everyone should know that like we've all healed and forgiven each other and made, um, an effort to, you know, become better people outside of the show together and separately. And then still this came back. It was almost like going, like I had just decided to become a politician and then you know, like in their world, you have to be squeaky clean to even, even be considered. So like it was essentially the same exact effect for me. Um, but I'm glad that it happened that way because it forced me to try harder. It forced me to beat on my craft, to be patient. A lot of times in life, I had gotten jobs because of how I looked or just opportunities or things. And I had developed a level of arrogance and just, oh, yeah, this is if I want something, it's just going to happen for me like that. You know, I'm thankful that it happened that way. And I'm thankful that uh, even for the, the bad and the good, bad and the ugly that happened seven years ago, it shaped me to make a choice. Like, what type of person do I want to be? Do I want to become like the things I have to let go of? the things I have to stare in the mirror and look at and say, like, this isn't going to, this is not going to give you the most abundant life, you know, and experience if you just continue to live this way and don't hold yourself accountable and make a change. Right. So there was definitely like some uh, mental health stuff, like that people maybe weren't privy to. Like, I know, like when coming off of shows, it's very, very hard to watch yourself back. I know a lot of cast members go through that. Like yeah. it's, it's normal. Like, I mean, I'm obviously not in the same boat, but like, I don't watch myself back after these, like, it's a very yeah. natural instinctive thing for people to not watch themselves back. So I would assume like being in front of the public eye and, you know, having to kind of be at the every whim in a sense of like the fans and what they're, they might say or viewpoints had to have been a toll on like your mental health. Then I would have to assume. Okay, actually not. Like, really? So, so you handled it well then. Never been a- affected. And I'm thankful for, I don't know why I'm this way. I think my father was, when I was a little girl, he's like, sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. And that stuck with me. So like the people have said awful things and some of them justifiably, you know, about me or towards me um, on the internet. And I just didn't absorb it and say and accept what they were saying because I'm like okay I'm not these things like yeah I know I've definitely behaved in a way that gave you every right to feel this way or to be disgusted with me or to not like me I get it but I just didn't allow the opinions or the words of others to infiltrate my spirit in any way and and I think it really is rooted in my father's like you're only something if that someone calls you if you allow 
if you give them permission to make you feel that way. And if you don't, you just reject it and you move on. So um, that's one of those like superpowers that I'm just so thankful that I have, but it, it's really rooted in something fundamentally as simple as sticks and stones, you know? Um, and I, if anything, like the, the one thing that I've always been worried about is, you know, my professional reput reputation, um, my family, like when I was on the real world and when I was on the challenge, like my mom, she told me like kind of casually that people had found her phone number and were calling the house and sending death threats and things like that to my sisters and bullying my sisters and my friends and saying awful things to them, people that I care about and that I love that maybe will, it will affect them in a way that it won't affect me. And that to me was like one of those things where I just thought was super whack that anybody would do. But I mean, people, you know, they have the freedom and liberty to do it now. It doesn't matter because my, everybody in my world knows like how to handle these things and not to take it personally. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it does kind of seem like the fans do take it more serious than the cast does. It does feel yeah. like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Just yeah. does feel like that. It's like they swear they were there. Yeah. yeah, and, and I love that our show evokes, like, raw emotion and people are emotionally invested. But I also want them to just give us grace, you know? Grace exactly. To be and to evolve and to grow and to learn from our mistakes is we have to look at and stare at the television and say like, why did I do that or like I could totally handle the situation differently you know I mean there was a situation even on this last season where Wes walks into the room like just because we were rooming together and he walks in and he says Naya you it was me and Jordan we were going at it and, and he goes you're going to regret this and I remember it was just like a calm fatherly nurturing but take a step back breathe collect yourself you're very emotional i get it we're all like on edge none of us like we like mostly people were married with kids and they have no like communication to the outside world and everybody's stressed calm down you're fine think about what you say and do you know before you do it and I mean at the same time I'm very much like a person that I can only be me I can't be an actress I can't be calculated in any way but at the same time it was just nice to like have somebody just kind of come in and say I know what you're going through but mm. let's let's not slide back to base one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I would definitely say, like, there was a misconception for a while because I know everybody's obviously aware that you're going to be making your return in a couple of weeks. But yeah. there was, like, a misconception for a while. Everybody was under the impression, like, you were banned from the show or something. But I did hear that you were contacted the following season for Bloodlines. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know where the whole band thing came from. Um, but yes, they wanted my, me and my little sister to come. And then I remember I called them and I was like, oh, I have my cousin. I had this guy pretend to be my cousin. Um, just like some friend of a friend who like was available for the show because I didn't want to bring my little sister. And I knew I wasn't emotionally mature enough to not be like a bulldog, like protective, overly protective person in that environment about her. Cause she's so sweet and so innocent. And I was like, if you guys have seen Hurricane Naya before like if anybody fucks with her it would be like yellow tape type shit you know what i mean like yeah. that's just my, my that's my baby and so i basically told them no i'm not bringing her in there because i didn't trust myself 
I wasn't mature enough to uh, handle that environment with her and to have faith that she is fine. She's only a year younger than me. Like, and she's way more mature than I am. Like she could have totally dominated and done well, but I was traumatized from my own experiences and my own misbehaviors. So I was like, okay, maybe this is just not conducive for our family, you know? And is that where, where it kind of deaded the situation between like you and them as far as doing any more of them? Called me ever after that, but I didn't, because they called me for bloodlines, I was like, well, that wouldn't make sense that I would be banned for yeah. X, but rightfully so. I should have been banned for X's. Should have been probably not even invited for the stuff on the real world, you know? Do you know why, like, they handled your exit the way they did on uh, Battle of the X's too? Because, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of, typically when people are taken off the show, you'll see TJ walk in and be like, due to so-and-so's actions the night before, we're pulling you off the show. Whereas, like, they took, like, more of a maybe strategic approach with kind of quietly moving you off yes. the show. Do you know why that was? Yes. What and I can only speak for my own observation. I can't speak for like the productions or whatever, but what I think happened is they knew the dynamic between me and Jordan. They knew we had this toxic like but also really funny and also rooted in like some sort of like maybe a crush or like sexual frustration or whatever type of relationship where what I did to him was not offensive to him. It was more like we had, there was a scene in the real world where he and I get into a fight after the whole brawl with me, Johnny and Avery and me and him are just like kind of going at it. And we start like ripping each other's clothes off. They never showed that. They show a clip of it in um, like the shit they should have shown. Okay. they never actually go into it because it legally it was like, what is this? What is happening here? But he and I just had this brotherly sister thing where like it wasn't neither of us felt violated. We just would go to go to war. And sometimes like we would do things that were almost like crossing the line. But between he and I, neither of us felt like it was that bad. Like when I did what I did, um, I mean, the the things that I said and the words that I used against him, especially using the F word, I mean, that was disgusting. And, like, I can't even fathom how, like, I justified that in any way, especially knowing, like, all of my friends in the LGBTQ community, how loving and accepting and just natural that is for me to, like, I'm not just an advocate, but an ally. So for me to do that and to think that, oh, my excuses, well, my gay friends use the word, it's okay. No. And so, like, that to me was inexcusable. The whole me grabbing him or pulling his shorts, that's just, we had already done that on the real world. You guys just never saw that. Like, I mean, he, like, ripped my bra off, and I, like, pulled his pants down, and we were pushing each other and, like, cursing each other out. We would do really, really bizarre things to each other when we were fighting. Um, and so in that situation, he didn't ask for me to leave. He told him, he's like, no, let her stay. I want to kick her ass in the final. Like, she's not even, she doesn't even know what a final is. Like, she's going to die. And she's yeah. bullying era like let her stay and let her get her ass kicked and because legally they're like okay if he had done this to you and we let him stay this could be majorly problematic because it still qualifies as sexual harassment and it's a violation and I totally understood that and supported it and I respected their decision and I told the producers that I said listen I didn't even realize I was doing that in the moment because I was just so gone you know in a fit of rage and angry and whatever um and I accepted that and I bowed out my only concern was please don't send Leroy home because 
He had nothing to do with this. And he we have worked our asses off to get to this point to the final. And he deserves to have a shot at it. And thankfully, they were able to send Teresa because she technically was his real ex. Yeah. Roy and I never dated, you know. So it was wonderful that they were able to at least run the final together. Um, but wait, so what was your, what were you asking me? Like, what was the answer you were looking for? Like, Oh, it was kind of like, well, you answered it, but it was also like kind of what was like explained to you like when they did it kind of is exactly what you just said pretty much okay. yeah it just it legally and uh, not even legally it's just like naya like i was a, a victim of date rape when i was in college yeah. and so that's a thing that i just totally understand and so uh the way they explained it to me they said just flip the mirror you would want us to swiftly defend you and get him the hell out of here had it been the other way around and I understood that immediately. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm sorry that I let you guys down. I'm sorry that I did this. I mean, I was, I was immediately remorseful, you know, in that moment and ashamed that I had probably, you know, affected the production aspect of the show because now they had to spend more money to bring people in and like, you know, scramble and all that stuff. And that, that part really, um, I was sad that I had, yeah. you know, caused that. Yeah. It, it did kind of seem like, I want to. I don't want to say like an unfitting conclusion to like your season, but like, you, that Exodus Two is like one of my favorite seasons, and I know a lot of people agree with me on that. And yeah. to kind of to kind of see you like taken out right before uh, oh. right before the end there was like a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. But I am a fellow Teresa fan in my own right, so seeing her get a crack at it because oh might I add, her and Wes got pretty screwed on that season too. I'm just yeah. gonna put that out there. That was their season. That was 100% their season, and I mean, but that's how that game is. It's like people see the strongest competitors, and like we need to find something, create a narrative, and get them out of here. Because yes, had they been partnered, there is like Sarah's not beating Teresa, respectfully. No. Like, and you know, I, I say that very respectfully, but like she's not beating her. And then Wes is a beast. I mean, like Jordan and Wes are pretty much like, you know, yeah, it's like the same type of competitor. So I I hate that I had to leave in that fashion, but Teresa got cheated and I'm glad that she got to go in there and at least do the thing. And then also I saw that final, Mike, I would have died. Like there's no way. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Like there's no way I would have quit. But, but wait, since I am the fellow devil's advocate here and also you were mentioning about someone not beating someone, I want to bring this point up too as a counterpoint because, you know, I did see when they put the tagline out for the trailer, an all finalist season, you had uh, some keyboard yes! or some keyboard warriors were pointing out the fact that, well, yes! Naya technically didn't yes! make the final. I'm oh, going to play ad devil's advocate right now. <laughs> Because you were in the final elimination, and it was going to be you against Nani in that uh, X battle thing, which is like basically like Naya. I'm, I'll let you answer for yourself, but like you, you were winning that. Like, yeah, I mean, the I, back then I was in such good shape, and I had a partner like Leroy that was like, I don't give a f, f what happens, we're not losing, and I, I'm fueled by that type of like masculine, like aggressive energy in a like athletic competitive atmosphere. So I would have me you saw how we were in, in eliminations. It's like we're yeah. just not losing. I'm sorry. I don't care who it is, like you're going home. And so yes, I, I'm confident that I would have won. Nani is not a punk. She is so fierce. She is it would not have been easy. I don't I can't guarantee that I even would have won. I know he would have 
be bananas by any means necessary. But for me, well, it was like yeah. I would have thoroughly enjoyed being there and doing that. Um, wait, so what? What did you say right before that? You were asking. You said people. Uh, people were talking about. Um, oh yeah. The so thing. funniest thing. So when we showed up for All Stars three, we did not know what the theme was. So when TJ is kind of giving us like a gist of what's going on, he says, you all know what it's like to be in a final. And I'm looking at everybody and I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what it's like to be in a final. Matter of fact, I got kicked off right before it. And now this is drawing attention to me. And oh, my God. <laughs> I, bet, I bet not a lot of people knew, though. Like, <laughs> Well, they didn't. They're older. So they hadn't even watched probably the challenge in like, yeah. you know, in the last like six or seven years. But I was think I was looking around like, how did I slide here? Like, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll work our way back up from uh back up to X's rather, but yeah. I kind of like to do like a little bit of a retrospect now, starting from like the bottom to top. So I get people's like casting stories, and I kind of want to know like what you were up to, like kind of before the real world and what led you to that audition, because typically we see in years past like replacements in some cases, aren't showcased enough, but you're one of those uh, rare cases where the replacement ultimately ended up garnering most of the attention. But as far as, like, your story went, I feel like we, they sprinkled in pieces here and there of, like, yeah. your backstory, but we never really got, like, the whole scope of, like, who Naya is aside from, like, the hurricane <laughs> aspects. So, like, I'll, just walk me yeah. through kind of the basis. This is Naya pre-real world this is what led me to audition yeah. and then that process. Okay. So I was 23. A year prior, I had just graduated from college. I went to Howard University. I was fortunate enough to have a full ride volleyball scholarship, majored in journalism. When I got out of college, I'd had a couple little offers to do journalism jobs. I turned it down. And like I was telling you um, off camera, I didn't want to like be serious about life. I'm like, listen, we've been in school since we were five. We're finally done. I want to just be a cocktail waitress and have fun and party and like just not take life seriously. That I was very intentional about that. Whereas all my other friends were like, oh, I'm going to law school. I'm going to med school. This and that. I'm like, oh, no, I'm about to move home. Like, go back. It's like seriously, just work in a bar and party and like have fun. And so that's what I did. But I remember jokingly saying, like, before I even left campus, where my friends were talking about all the cool, like, you know, very serious, mature things that we're going to do with their life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go in the real world and be a cocktail waitress. And they're like, okay, that's, who says that? But I was joking. I didn't think I would actually have an opportunity to apply or to interview to be on the show, but that's the way it worked out. And so a year and a half later is when uh, I think casting was happening for Real World Portland. And I went in, did an audition. I, did, I sent in some tapes. And I just was kind of like lightheartedly going after this. I wasn't like hell bent. I never was like I needed to pursue fame, popularity, nothing like that. Like I just wasn't my thing. It was more so of this would be fun, uh, something to do so I don't have to like get serious about life and get a real job. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this would be fun, like three months to go do something cool and whatnot. And, you know, at that time I was just a waitress. I um, was a man eater and, you know. <laughs> doing my thing and partying and um, enjoying my life. And it, the opportunity came about. And I mean, it was like the perfect storm. Like I told you when they called me and said I didn't get casted, um, 
I didn't even hear them. I didn't feel the rejection or like, this isn't happening for you. Something in my soul was like, it is happening for you. They just don't know it yet. And so I remember I was in the, an argument with my boyfriend at the time and they're like, okay, we decided to go in a different direction, but thank you for your time and your whatever. And I'm like, okay. I was like, thank you so much. Hung up the phone. Then me and him start going at it again. But I knew in my soul, it was like, you are going, but I don't know how this is going to work out. I didn't even think about it. I, at that, after that, I never thought about it again. And then I don't know if it was three weeks or six weeks later, the executive producer calls me and he's like, are you so interested? And I'm like, yeah, I've been ready. Like, let's go. But I just kind of knew it was one of those things, like, even though it, they didn't decide on me, it ended up happening regardless. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, when you make up your mind about something, there's power in the tongue, the spirit of expectation, knowing that, like, you, anything you desire, you can have. It's just sometimes timing is better. And just release it. Desire it, release it, let it go. And it came right back to me. So, and I think the timing was great because, um... I mean, it, I don't know if it was great, but it was like, I don't know if my, I don't know if everything would have been honky dory if I would have been an original. I think shit was bound to pop off. You know what I mean? Like with that group and where we were and the type of people we were and all this. Might have popped off a little earlier in the season. I yeah, would say. Maybe. <laughs> maybe a little earlier. <laughs> it was. You showed up on episode six of I believe a twelve or eleven episode season. <laughs> Yeah. And we got provided a whole season of content through about only the latter half of the season. Like, yeah. it was insane. <laughs> you came in kind of like a bat out of hell. It was oh, like, no. you, you had your episode, it was a daily episode banter between you and Jordan. He would always call you like a gold digger. We laugh about it now because it was so, like... That was just so funny. Like, even the gold digger thing, I was like, I remember in that that night where we got in that fight with the lamp, I was like, wait, because, like, the men that I've dated have had money that makes me a gold digger? Like, <laughs> silver spoon, white boy from Oklahoma. And I'm like, oh, you've never had to work hard for anything. We were just like... <laughs> I think I think I think you oh, first God. came in the house. You first came in the house, and I think people like off the bat, the usual real world things, like, "Oh, are you single? Are you single? You got a boyfriend?" I think you came in the house, and everyone's like, "Do you have a boyfriend?" You're like, "Yeah, you know, I have three. And then like, <laughs> and then everybody's sitting at the table later that night. They're like, "Naya's so nice." And then Marlon's like, "She said she had three boyfriends, though. That's the one thing that kind of." Oh no, I was. I was an agent of chaos back then. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was just, but I, I meant well. Like, at the end of the day, I really meant well, Mike. Like, I know this may sound shocking. That was the first fist fight I've ever been in my life. In my life. I've never even had anyone swing on me or put spit on me or, you know, throw a drink on my head. I've never been in that situation. I've always just been taught to respect people and it create boundaries and if you are in a compromised situation get out of there or call authorities and then if you are in a situation like that then better know how to throw 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 cheerios or yeah. throw a drink or something a hair dryer you know whatever yeah 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 do what you gotta do i mean i genuinely am not a violent person i don't even watch like violent television like but i'm um intensely passionate about protecting myself and people that i care about like jessica half of that sh those arguments started with me just trying to protect her 
because she couldn't use her words as swiftly and as, you know, didn't yeah. have the time that I did. And so I'm like, no, you guys aren't going to like pick on her. I, that's my girl. I'm going to have her back. But it also caused me to get into way bigger, you know, battles of the ego than I shouldn't have even been a part of. Cause it was also stupid. I mean, everything we were arguing about or fighting about was dumb. I mean, the fist fight started over dog poop. Was that was that really the catalyst of the fight? Yes, or was it so much? That, that's it. There was no underlying, you Let know. This. I am only speaking from Nyamore's experience. There is absolutely no editing, no production telling you what to do on the real world. And the only time we saw production was when like something serious in the world happened because you know we were cut off from the outside world, or if like something happened in your family. They don't come in and say, okay, this is what you're going to do today. And this is what you're going to be mad about today. No, it's none of that. You are what you are. So when people say, oh, I was edited. I, I got a bad edit. I'm like, no, because I know I said and did those really disgusting things or those really funny things or this and that. And that's really what happened. There is no like sewing it together to make it a TV show. That's why the real world has been on for 30 years because they have brilliant people who cast like, then they're psychologists. They know who's going to fall in love. They know who's going to fight. They know who's going to have this Achilles heel. They know who's going to, like, in this point of self-discovery. They know, you know what I mean? They know who the party yeah. girl is. So they pick it perfectly, like, almost down to a science. So there is no orchestrating behind the scenes. Like, everything that I've said and did, good, bad, and ugly, that happened in that order. And anybody who's saying otherwise is just lying. <laughs> like, not the how long did that fight go on for that? Because, I mean, you could fact check oh. me here, people, but that's got to be, like, I would say the last time we saw that big of a fight, I would say, as, as far as, like, the challenge real world yeah. sphere goes. I think nowadays, since 2013, they've done a pretty decent job of, like, all right, we're drawing the line here. Yeah. Like, no more of this shit. Like, after that, they had meetings at, you know, at executive level. Like, why did this happen? And this is why it happened. Number one, it was 8, like 8 a.m. We were sober. I was about to go out to, like, meet a friend at breakfast. And this stuff had spilled over and boiled over, you know, from the night before. So I was kind of picking at them, you know, making little noises at the dog. Just being <laughs> immature and stupid. But at the same time, I never thought what was about to transpire was ever going to happen in a million years. Because, like I said, I've never been in a, a physical fight or even been provoked to even get violent. And so... They didn't have security guards back then because nobody was fighting on the real world like that. You know, it's 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. Half of production's not even there yet. And so I think it was just one of those perfect storms of it was so chaotic. It was so crazy. Nobody could break it up because nobody was there. There was no security guards. Like, we didn't even have security guards at that point until after that fight. Then they brought a couple people in to make sure that nothing else happened again. Um but yeah, it was if it, it was long. It felt like an hour between the situation with me and Johnny in the bathroom, and then it might have been like five minutes where they tried to scramble and get us all mic'd up because now I've hit him and the boys come and break it up. Now Avery is kind of becoming abreast of what's going on. It might have been like five minutes in between that. Then me and her start going at it, and then you know she's fucking, she's getting, she's putting in some work. Like she was, she was swinging. No, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you can't, you can't fucking punch me in the face on TV. So now it's really war. Like now we're going all day, every day. Like I'm making sure that like this ends where you're running out of here. And so at that point, Jordan was doing a really great job of keeping me away from them. 
But I'm like, oh, I need to get Avery. I got to get her back. I got to get her back. You know, what? Might have been 45 minutes after. I mean, we were exhausted. Like physically, I, I mean, if anyone has been in a fight, it's like even if you're fighting for, you know, a minute and 30 seconds, you're exerting so much energy and this and that. And I'm playing defense, trying to get to them and whatever. It, I was exhausted. Um, but I was so like I, I was in such a fit of rage because I felt like I did not. I didn't hit her first. I didn't do those things to Johnny. Johnny did things to me physically, not pushing me or punching me, but doing, you know, things that provoked yeah. me to physical. So I couldn't even calm myself down. Marlon tried. I'm like, stop, leave me alone. This is, this is war. This is what I think is what is supposed to happen. And I wish I would have just had the ability to turn that off, but I've never had that switch turned on in my life. And so, you know, maybe, I think it might've been 45 minutes, an hour goes by. And I told Johnny and Avery, I'm like, I'm going to swing on you guys again. Cause you can't live here now. Now that, I mean, we lived in the same room. Can you imagine like me going to, trying to go to sleep and I just got a fist fight and like, I mean, the she's person you fought in your room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was, it was war. And that's when that whole scene in the bathroom happened. And it was just, I mean, it was ugly. It was like, I hit her in the back of the head. It was just awful. And I, I'm so immensely regretful of that. Like, but I can't take it back. Like, that's just where I was. And I was willing to fight dirty and whatnot. Um, and then ultimately they ended up moving out. We did like a houseboat and a, other people in the house said that they had my back or they just didn't think that I should be kicked out. They left. And yeah. That's but, you know, we're all friends now and like, I love them and I wish them well. And like, I mean, I literally like me and Avery talk a lot. I can't wait to go to Arizona to like see her for real. And just she like, just won something recently I, too. Yeah. Of Good course she did. Her. So yeah. hot. Always been like the pinnacle, like Hooters girl. So she just won again. Yeah. And then Johnny, you know, he just became a cop. He just had a baby. He's, he's yeah, dad. Yeah. Anastasia has a baby. Mm -hmm. Jessica's like on her way to having a baby. She's married. Marlon, I haven't talked to him in a while, but like, you know, I know he's doing well too. And like, it's just crazy that we all have formed um, this really genuine sense of love and respect for each other outside of the show, considering what happened. You know? You have to think, and I'm sure, like, I'm not naive to the fact that Portland's not necessarily on the top of the pecking order in terms of the homecoming seasons, you know, yeah. they're, they're one of the last seasons. So, you know, I'd say maybe three to five from now, if they're still doing these things, would probably be a more appropriate time to revisit this thing. But I feel like, although you guys are on a better um, terms now... Like, there's still, like, some of that story that I feel like should be kind of relived um, in a homecoming setting, you know, like, on a grand scale. Like, we you got we guys, obviously, you know, you're cool on the behind-the-scenes basis, but, like, the audience has to see you guys cool, yeah. if that makes sense, you know? Like, there's still more to this story that needs to be resolved in front of people, I feel like. 100%, Mike. Like, I was thinking... Like I had talked to someone in production and I said, listen, I know that you guys are doing these like blasts from the past for the homecoming, but I think you should heavily consider doing ours because of, I mean, it's sometimes like the blasts of the past are cool, but also people are like seeing me and these, us on X's two and, you know, on all stars three. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. What is this new dynamic between Nia and Jordan or Nia and Avery and this and that, or they see us on social media and they're so confused. They think it's all fake because they're like, how can you have gone from this to that? And I think that they should just, like, after this New Orleans thing, consider doing the real world Portland because 
we're all in such really interesting dynamic places in our lives. I mean, all of us, like Anastasia's story, Jessica's story, like, you know, um, Avery and Johnny have things that, you know, they probably could talk about and just heal and take ownership and like, at least wish each other well, like they're never going to be friends, probably, you know, me and Jordan have, you know, there's layers to our relationship, you know, I mean, we still argue, we got in fights on the all-star story, but like, it's still rooted in, in deep love and respect for each other and an unwillingness to go back to that, that pits of hell where we started. And I think they should just consider doing a Portland one, even finding out where Marlon is. And, you know, he had his um, journey with, you know, coming to be as a man and like, you know, his lifestyle and this and that. I think that those are just like stories that have chapters that are still there and have gone on and that people would be emotionally invested in. And um, even I would like to talk about the things I said and did and how I didn't realize uh, the weight and the consequences of those things in the moment. But I would love to just really stare at those things because I'm not that person anymore. So I'm mm -hmm. brave to do it and to not feel like uh, defensive, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, Anastasia and Jessica, like they had their whole beef on the show that was rooted in like absolutely nothing. Don't even bark. Don't quiet. <laughs> um, and now they're like, you know, talking about motherhood and, you know, Jess's struggle to conceive and, you know, Anastasia's had a baby, you know, she's had a lot of mental health issues and yeah. she's gotten to the other side. I just think there's so many random stories, not just the Naya, Hurricane Naya stuff. There's so many other journeys. Johnny, like everybody has evolved and had, you know, stuff going on outside of the show that I think the fans would love. And even if you didn't watch Real World Portland, if you saw that homecoming, you'd be like, let me go back and see where, where this shit is coming from, you know? Yeah, no, there, it definitely seemed like the edit did take kind of like that turn to kind of just make yeah. it centered around the fighting. Whereas like there were scenes where like you and Anastasia and Marlon were in his studio listening yeah. to a song that like his dad wrote for him. And um, like you said, like you and Jordan playfully fighting like this is not stuff we're necessarily privy to as the viewer. But this is just where the story was going. But if the story in the future chooses to kind of show us growth then i think that that's maybe something that would be in uh the interest of the viewers yeah. in my opinion i hope we don't have to wait five years because if they call me five years from now I'm oh man <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean if they just i think they should just kind of revisit oh, wait let, 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 let me ask you though if like, say if like the homecoming does happen will you agree to work at schmitz's again or is that off the table oh that would be so well <laughs> i'm in who the the that work there that I said those really awful things that I said to don't work there anymore but I would like to go back there and actually do the job with integrity and love and not because of what I think I should be getting paid because what I do now is like I'm in the service industry I've always been in the service industry I've always been rest the uh, nanny cook waitress concierge bartender like I've always been the help and the fact that I was I said things like, oh, well, you guys are going to be here forever, as if, like, I'm better than them. And I was unemployed. Like, that's how delusional I was back then. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to go back there and, uh, yeah, work at Smita yeah. and, you know, not get fired on day one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ju just to kind of piggyback off that uh, 
Avery and you fight a little bit. The following season or the first season that introduced us to the Portland crew on uh, the challenge was actually the Rivals 2 season. And I think when the cast were popping up, um, everybody like, of course, Jess and Anastasia had like their thing, like, of mm-hmm. course, with their beef. But I think everybody looked at the cast and were like, you mean to tell us like we're not falling back up and having Avery and Naya like paired up on this thing? Oh, oh you mean like us being partnered? Yeah. I thought that was odd too. I was like, why are we not partnered? Was that was that on your end? You know, like, did you not? Were you not ready to do it at that time? Oh, so I, they had called me, but I think maybe either she wasn't available, or here's the thing: what I could consider maybe it was still our war was still fresh that she was like, I'm not doing it if I'm partnered with her or maybe like if they were going to partner me with Jordan, they're like, he's like, I don't want to be partnered with her. Cause we, you know, we weren't, we hadn't mended our relationship at that point. So mm-hmm. I'm not really too sure why um, I didn't initially get casted on, on rivals, but I presume it's because whoever they were going to partner me with partner me with was like, no, I don't, I want nothing to do with her. And that's fair. Well, you two would have killed that one. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That would even if we did a battle this season, I feel like we would have done. So oh, bad. a team Portland. Mm, that I think we got to see yeah. that if they, if they do a battle of the seasons on all stars. Oh, Lord. It's a wrap. wants to come back. I mean, even though she's trying to have a baby, she's like, she's like, I got a call for all stars three. And I would have only come on if I would have known you were going to be there. And I'm like, crap. I mean, yeah, that would have been amazing to do that with her. So your first appearance on the challenge was obviously uh, free agents. A um, little bit more like a reserved Naya, but I do want to point out that uh, you and Cara Maria had what I would chalk up to be probably the most brutal in terms of Hell. physically elimination I think I've ever seen on a challenge from a lady elimination standpoint. You, I've heard this went on for an hour and a half, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So I heard something about a separated shoulder and nerve damage from this due to like the harness that you were plugged into can you walk me through this thing okay so this is essentially tug of war but because we're having to like zigzag through these pillars the ropes are becoming increasingly tighter as she and i are both running in opposite directions what production didn't realize is the harnesses they gave us didn't have padding like through here and like your nerves are right here and through your crotch area so there was no like padding to if in the event you're sitting in that position we're both pulling opposite directions. It's tightening in all the wrong areas. Um, it can become problematic. So she and I are in a deadlock for you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. It wasn't until I would say maybe like 45 minutes to an hour in, I realized when I was trying to go to make another move that my arm was not moving. Like, I mean, I kind of just lifted it off the sand and the bone and the muscle and everything was kind of mushy. And I didn't feel it because it was no pain. It was more so of adrenaline. Why is my body like leaning this way? You know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was willing to like, Hey, I will stay here all night. Like that's the type of like, you know, killer instinct I have in a moment like that. And I knew that she was such a beast. Like Cara was such a beast. And I'm like, if I could beat her, my first challenge, like, I don't really don't even know what I'm doing here, but if I could do this, this would be so badass. I know nobody's cheering for me, but, like, I'm up for the challenge. And at about an hour in, I kind of start looking at TJ. I mean, I'm grimacing at this point because now it is painful. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I just keep, do I just die trying? Like, do I just stay in this position, even though I know this is happening? 
also production doesn't know that this is happening to me. And so I just stayed there until I think it was like an hour and a half in. I kind of I said, TJ, you know, I, I was like whispering to him. I'm like sand in my face. And I'm just like, I don't like something is happening. Like, you know, whatever. And he's like, just quit. And I hated the way he said, just quit. But I was like, no, I'm not quitting. But I don't know what, I don't want to harm my body long term. And I don't know what this is. So I just obviously, you know, decided I was done. The scary thing is, when I was doing my OTF, my um, outtake interviews, and then when, once I got to the hotel, and especially when I was on the flight home, my arm had not gotten any feeling. I could not lift it at all. And I was like, oh my God, this is probably nerve damage. So I go to the doctor when I get home. I mean, my mom had to like physically hold my arm up so I could wash my armpit. I was hysterical. And I'm like, what if my arm is like this forever? So I go to the neurology specialist and they do scans and whatnot. And they said that the nerves under my armpit were so pinched that, like, if you had waited any longer, they're like, I don't know how long you were doing this or why you're doing this, but it could have been permanent. And so till this day, this arm, I mean, my, I'm a dominant left hand girl anyway, but this arm weightlifting has never been the same. And that was seven year, or eight years ago. Yeah. But it was scary because I just didn't know, you know, people get hurt on these shows all the time and have lifelong um, you know, injuries and people don't realize that. And so I'm just thankful that it, number one, it came back. I'm fine. I'm healthy. Um, but it was two weeks of, I could not lift my arm. I mean, and it felt like I had a brief understanding of what it would be like if you had an amputee or something, because your, my body was just kind of leaning, you know, leaning one way. And I had to drive every little thing that you would do with two hands and I remember thinking, like, even though Jordan's a badass and I know he's only missing fingers and, like, you know, whatever, but he still is, you know, is disfigured and not disabled. But I was like, man, you know, like, the, to have that type of limitation was humbling. It was scary. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I was glad that I at least put up a fight, you know, for an hour and a half. But would I have done that again that way? No. <laughs> and after that, they did that tug of war thing again and they put the they, they, and they yeah. put a rope in yeah. the middle too so yeah. if somebody gets there they have an easier so you guys yeah. were the guinea pig by the yeah. way there was there was no guy elimination that night if you remember correctly because uh i think jo johnny from your season was supposed to go in but since frank had to leave earlier that episode because yeah. he got sick they canceled yeah. the guy elimination so it was only it you two girls going guys it would have been worse like oh us. yeah because, I mean, to your point, it was like they realized, like, okay, they create these games and they go out of their way to test them before we do it. But, I mean, there's always room for error, you know? So it's like you would rather it you find the error before you're trying to put a bunch of kids in a situation that could potentially be dangerous or, you know, hurt them in a, in a sense. But that was one of those things where, like, okay... Yeah, we don't want this to happen again. And I'm happy that they corrected it because I wouldn't want anyone else to have gone through that, you know, and not been able to compete if they even won. I mean, Cara was, she even was like, you know, uh, affected by the way the stuff with the harness was grabbing her. She just didn't, she was luckier where she didn't put it, I guess, as much weight under her pit. Mm. But. So was that a close call for you then going on to X's too, uh, coming off of that type of experience with the injury or was it like not even a thought in your mind? Like, all right, now I'm going to come back and give another go at this. Um, 
Yeah, it wasn't like a thought of because it was my first. That was my first challenge where I got hurt and, and car beat me. Um, I was more motivated because I was also like young and in shape, and you know I'm an athlete, so it's like losing is you. That's part of competing. Like you're gonna lose, but I was motivated to like come back and be fierce. And I trained before I went on that second season. What a season that was! Like, yeah. oh my god, it was so. <laughs> you had like everything from like the drama, the like plotting, the gameplay, all the challenges were cool. You even had like the pulling of the heartstrings moment when, because uh, obviously we all know that was Diamond and Knights last season too, and yeah. that was so sad. I know a lot of people once that season uh, ended, like it took them a while to kind of come back to watching because of that myself included yeah. I actually did take a break after that maybe that's why i remember so much that season because yeah. i remember yeah yeah that was, um so little backstory when i was showing up for exodus 2 we were in the airport you know i had only done the previous one free agents and i just presumed that most people didn't like me or weren't willing to get to know me because of how i behaved on the real world rightfully so and so, or maybe they just were intimidated or whatever. And so DM, we're in the airport and she's like, do you want to room with me? And I'm like, why would you want to room with, like, you, DM Brown, want to room with me? Like, she was, she just didn't judge me. She based an opinion on me, how she met me. And she gave me a, a fair shot, you know? Like, I don't care what anybody else has said about you. Like, I want to get to know you. I'm DM Nice to meet you. Do you want to room with me when we get to the house? And she and I were, were roommates. It was me, her, Avery, I think Teresa. Teresa, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being in such awe of her. And I hadn't known. I didn't really watch the show other than when I was on it. So I didn't know. Um, I knew that she had you know, battled cancer, but not like the details. I didn't know how that really just ravaged most of her 20s and how she had to like fight her way through it. And I mean, ultimately, it was like. I mean, she is just one of the most beautiful, humble, non-victim type personalities. I mean, like, she didn't deserve any of the bad hands that she had in life, but she walked with dignity and grace. And I remember, like, the conversations we would have in the house, and she was, you know, she was older than me, and she was, like, ready. She just wanted time. I remember her saying, you know, she just, like, I just want time. I want to experience motherhood. And, you know, she wanted to be married and um, her and, you know, CT had this beautiful love story that was yeah. always evolving and whatnot. And she just was, to me, a source of wisdom. And she was like a big sister. And I, at the time, none of us knew what was happening to her internally. And I don't know if she did, but, you know, I witnessed that. I remember the day before she left and I walked in the room, we were all like out drinking at the pool, came in and she was just like grimacing in the bed, like grabbing the pillow in so much pain. And we thought, well, Everyone thought it was like something with the food in the house because the food was not really good at the catering. Mm-hmm. We thought maybe it was affecting her digestively or she was just having cramping and this and that. But ultimately, we learned that, you know, it was the cancer and it come back like way more aggressive. And um, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it's OK to cry. <sighs> OK. Um. But yeah, it was it was crazy to like witness that, you know, and then that whole scene where CT carries her out and whatnot. And I think like a month after we finished filming, 
she was gone. And I remember she, even her last tweet, she had so much optimism and strength and like, you know, just being damn. And it's just, it was so unfair. Um, I struggled with it a lot because I felt like here I was like 23 or 24, however old I was, like I was smoking and drinking and eating shit and like didn't take care of my body. And this is a girl who respected her body like a temple and didn't matter. Like there was nothing she could do um, to, to save herself. And it just felt like it was so unfair. Um, considering the life that I was living was more like reckless and like whatever, you know, and I carried a lot of guilt and shame with that. And eventually, you know, I went to therapy about it and DM has, you know, sent me signs and, you know, just, you know, giving me a kiss on the shoulder and made me understand that I shouldn't condemn myself and this and that and whatnot, but also that she's at peace. And unfortunately we don't know when our time is, you know, none of us do. Um, but I'm just thankful for how much love she exuded, how much beauty and optimism and joy. And despite her circumstances, she found a reason to dance and shine and be a light in this world. And to me, she lived life abundantly and to the max because of that, regardless of the fact that she left at 34 or 33, you know, mm -hmm. um, and with night, like night to me, like I loved him. Like he was oh. so Rockstar. There was a prank that didn't you guys pull this prank on him? Not to cut you off, but there was this prank. I think the night before he left with the yeah. the water balloons. I think it was when yeah. you dropped them from the top of the house on him yeah. or something like he that. Night was just a cool dude. Like I totally get how him and you know Jimmy fell in love. Like flaws and all, like their relationship. Like I mean, they loved each other dearly, and he was just I like. That was like my guy, you know, so that was another one that just rocked me. And, you know, uh, That's, whole, that was our, just tough. Yeah, there was a week. It was All a week and a half apart. It was crazy, you know, um, but both of them, you know, I, I say their names often and I, you know, asked them to come and, you know, just be around me sometimes, especially when I was on the show. I was, I mean, I wrote DMs on my sneakers and I would pray and I would talk to her and she visited the house, you know, spiritually multiple times people felt it. So it was really cool to know that she was there and she sent us messages and whatnot. But, um, Back in Panama too, no less. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. So that's how I knew it was real. And like Nehemiah is like on a spiritual realm that I aspire to be. And she came to him and gave him like full blown messages to like share with us. Like, Hey, I'm so happy to see you guys. I wish I could be there with you. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, once you think, oh, maybe that was a dream. No, you could feel it. Like you just mm -hmm. knew him was present. And, um, and same with night and to be back there in that same country that we all left off on. And then unfortunately that was the last time, you know, they were around. It was, it was a beautiful, like full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, you know, it's unfortunate that they left so soon, but you could only be glad that, they were in your life to begin with, yes. you know, yes. you either, you'd rather experience once than never experience it at all. Exactly. I do want to kind of talk about, since we brought up about the rooming situation, we had the story of the season was kind of team upstairs versus oh. what, how did the, like the you, Teresa and Avery Alliance versus like everybody, oh. like why, why were you guys so like, I guess, exiled, I guess, from like the major Alliance I guess in the house. All right, you're talking about exes. I thought you were talking about the upstairs, downstairs, 
bullshit on uh, All Stars Three. No, I don't know nothing about. Oh that. God, I can't talk about that anyway. So I'm like, really, guys? Come on, we're too old for this. Um, okay, so one thing I was told, even just reminded of when I did All Stars Three, like people were like, it's very important where you room. Whereas me, I'm simple. I'm like, just give me a bed, make it close to like the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really it for me you know um but in when you think about the political aspect of the game you do want to be because those are the people you're going to spend the most time with those are the people you're more than likely like going to form alliances with so i just never did that like in my situation it was like wherever i can fit in i'm happy and dm you know swoops me in and me and avery were obviously tight and me and Therese liked each other so it just worked out perfectly um I don't know. It wasn't like an upstairs downstairs thing because I don't think our. I think the house in Panama was only one level. I don't remember it being. Wait, was there stairs? I think there there had to have been stairs. Oh, cause... there were. Yeah. Okay, there were stairs. I can't remember the layout of that house, but yes. Yeah, so we all back then, you would just all get off the bus and run in, and I think that it just naturally happened where we all chose the same room. I mean, me and Avery definitely knew we were going to room together, um, and then DM had told me like, "Hey, room with me." So, of course, it was, like, me, her, and Avery, and then we loved Teresa, so Teresa came in there. Who else was in there? Do you remember? I think it might have been just you four. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember if there was anyone else. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those things where we, I was I don't think any of us were thinking game-wise. Maybe, I can't speak for anyone else, but we just all vibed, and it wasn't that we weren't vibing with the other girls. Like, I liked Nani. I liked Jenna. I liked... Brittany, I liked, obviously, Jessica. I mean, that was my girl. Like, I don't even know why she wasn't in her room. I think it was just more so we just ran Darkers, around. Yeah. Um, it kind of did try to make it seem like it was, like, you three against Nani for the most no, part. Well, I really liked Nani, and I still, I mean, I love her. Like, I can't wait to see her at Cam and uh, Leroy's baby shower this weekend. Yeah. I haven't seen her since then. So, you know, even though, like, I said some really horrible things to her and we had our little whatever, we would always just, like, the next day, like, hey, my bad girl. You know what I mean? Like, it just was a whatever. <laughs> it's not that deep. Like, she's one of those people where I think th she can let stuff roll off her shoulder the same way I can. Um, but, yeah, like, I, Nani was fierce and me and her had a really good time in the house up until the I started getting way too emotional with the... Nomination. The, yeah, the nomination. I... <laughs> That shit so personal. That like, was that was wild. <laughs> that was crazy. It was, but I just didn't understand because I I felt like Leroy. People love him so much, and he's so funny. He's such a ball of light. I mean, even production just like adores him. And I'm like, why do we keep getting thrown in these eliminations when you have like a Jenna and Jay or like you guys said it put make the rookies earn their way. But, like, we keep going back in there, and you're a vet. And you're literally the most loved guy in this house. Why are people keep trying to get rid of us, you know? Like, it was just weird to me. And so I just, I think I had created, like, this whole conspiracy theory in my head where there was no telling me otherwise. I'm like, Johnny Bananas is not your friend. Like, there's no way, like, you know, or me and Jordan, you know, obviously I, like, snapped. But I just didn't understand the game. I took it so personally where I should have just been playing it like an athlete, you know, and made them like go in there and win. My, my favorite part about that whole sequence is when they cut to what's called the confessionals, which to cast members, I'm sure they refer to as interviews, like where, you know, you guys sit in those chairs and the producers ask you questions. That's what we see. Like it shows your name title on the screen. That's what yeah. I'm referring to. Johnny and his was like 
Naya, I'm surprised, doesn't turn around and start yelling at TJ about something. That's my <laughs> favorite part. Because oh nobody God. was off limits that night. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> nobody was exempt. Yeah. I, oh, my God. I mean, I was just, I was very immature. And I just didn't understand how to play the game. And I wish I would have had, like, a sensei, like, I have now, like, in Wes. Like, yeah. Wes, I mean, I've soaked up so much game from him. Just even how he deals with stuff under pressure or when his, you know, there's a target on his back. Like, he's able to maneuver it and be persuasive and use the art of power. and You know what I mean? In a way where he doesn't have to be big and loud and beat on his chest and scare people. It's like, no, like, you no. can you know, in a very gentle way, get what you want, or at least take a shot at it. Um, versus like just naturally trying to, you know, frighten someone to not call your name, because <laughs> it doesn't really work in the end, you know, and then you end up yeah. saying things that, you know, are not flattering in the end, and then you vilify yourself. So yeah, he, he does a good job of differentiating the game from reality. Brilliant. Aspect. Brilliant. <laughs> if I get half of West politically, Chef's kiss. And then if I also, like, actually train hard and stop eating, like, food everywhere I go. I mean, you're a chef, though. I feel like that's natural. <laughs> I know. But it's, like, it's, like, it's like working at Applebee's and then kind of seeing what's next to you. And then, you know, it's it's a natural instinct. Not saying that I do, but, you know. Balance, you know, you got to yeah. work. Like, you can't just, like, eat tacos and go to sleep, you know. Yeah. So, do do you want to talk a little bit more about like uh, what you have going on with the chef like thing going on for yourself? Like, is there no, any? Do I'm you not, like sell I'm, anything or? No, not at the moment. I would like to publish like an e cookbook at some point. Maybe I want. I also wanted to do like some type of like video visual aspect of like my travels and intertwine it with like certain recipes, places that I go stuff that I fall in love with food wise um, and share that with people and teach them how to make it from home. I want to do that. I cook on the airplanes occasionally, but for the most part, I haven't been doing like cooking full time the way I was prior to flying, becoming a corporate flight attendant. I love my job. It intertwines everything, you know, hospitality, culinary, travel, all that stuff. So um, that's just pretty much what I'm doing full time. But I would like to do more like, creative projects um in my downtime where I can you know show people what my life is like on the road and you know do like recipes from home and um I have my food blog Beauty and the Feast that I don't update that often <laughs> but it's some good stuff on there though I mean the recipes that are on there are tried and true yeah nice layout I saw it <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got no perfect time then, I feel like, now resurfacing to start something like you just mentioned. Like, I feel like with now there's going to be added eyeballs on you, whether you like it or not, um, due to this show. The pressure, I know. It's going to be tough. But I feel like in a double-edged sword type of way, you're going to have more eyeballs on you now to where if you did want to parlay what you have going on, you could probably do that. Mike, I'm going to give it my best shot. Like I said, I'm I'm kind of ADHD. Like I'm full blown. Yeah, like, I just want to when I'm off the road, I want to lay in bed with my dogs and eat Thai food and watch Netflix and not do anything. But at the same time, I feel like food and my personality and travel and all that stuff—it's really a big part of me. And people do enjoy it, so why not give it to them? 
I just want to do it um, at a gingerly pace. I don't want right. to do money, like, you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. like, like post all these things or be so interactive on social media. That's not me. I have to just do it out of love or be inspired. Otherwise, I'd just rather not do it at all. So hopefully, you know, I just create a rhythm this summer and um, kind of, I mean, I'm figuring it out. I've been right, like creating a blueprint and whatnot, but I can't make any promises. All I can promise is that I'll post a recipe on my food blog like once every three months. <laughs> I didn't like pick it up. I'll try to step it up and, you know, do some more like fun interactive things because it does bring me joy and I like people, um, you know, like my recipes and enjoy, you know, what I do outside of uh, the show and whatnot. Well, what is your favorite thing to make? Putting you on the spot here. Ooh, um, I mean, honestly, it could be anything. I like to make things that I've never made before. Like I did like a braised duck um, that I, I had this really delicious braised duck at a French restaurant um, overseas. I kind of tried to emulate that. And I remember I like bought the chef a beer and I was like, I need to try getting this recipe. And that's pretty much what I do to get like really cool recipes that I don't know how to make things on my own. And I just learn and practice in my own kitchen. Um, I love anything like Latin grilled seafoods. Uh, like I love to grill out. I love pastas, um, desserts, oh, churros, like pineapple upside down cake, fried Oreos. I always make those in like the house. Fried Oreos? <laughs> now, that, yeah. now that's a sweet tooth of mine. Yeah. Like that's like a carnival nostalgic thing. And yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a something you get at the boardwalk or something like that. Mike, you can make this today. All it is is pancake batter. Just get a box that's like just add water. Mm -hmm. Full stuffed Oreos. That's the key because you want the most cream filling once you fry it. You just make the batter, make it kind of thick. You get vegetable oil or whatever. Deep fry it in there for like two minutes. Put powdered sugar on top. That is important. With maybe if you want to obviously get some like warm Nutella. Oh my god. Uh, I'm good. I made it in the challenge house and every like for production and for like the cast. Wow. And they're like, oh my god. I'm like, yes, make this at home for your kids. It's so easy. Uh, it's good thing we have this on recording because now <laughs> when I'm trying to make this, I just like peek over. No, I'm you cannot mess up fried Oreos. It's so easy. It's three ingredients. Oh, good. So that way, uh, if this was ever a challenge, you'd be set up very uh, nice then. Yeah. A cooking challenge or something. You should have seen me like on like voting days. I'm walking around the house like with fried Oreos. Like, anyone want <laughs> Hey, don't want to vote me in? For service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, but. yeah, I had such a fun time uh, chatting with you today. I'm so glad that uh, so glad that you took your so generous time out to speak with me. I know that's been a while since uh, I'm sure you've done one of these, and I know this whole process is probably a whirlwind for you. But um, I'm glad that uh, you you know you took the time out. Today's actually my anniversary date of the show. So no way! Oh, that's yeah, cool. you were one of my most requested. So that's why I wanted to specifically do it on this day. Awesome. Well, I am. It's an honor and. <laughs> You have made me feel so at ease because I told you how really awkward I am, like <laughs> in this whole like world again because I'm like so rusty now. But um, I've heard wonderful things about you, and Kendall was like, "Naya, you gotta do his show. Like he's amazing." And I'm so happy, and I will absolutely make sure my other castmates get on here. They all want to do it, by the way. We have this group chat, so if there's anyone that you reach out to that maybe you just don't get a response from, let me know, text me, and then I'll make sure I like jump on them and say, Hey, set it up. It was amazing. You Even that Jordan guy. 
Yeah, Jordan will absolutely do this. I promise you. I feel like him and I would be pretty, uh, get along pretty well. Pardon? I think him and I would get along pretty well. Very much so. Well, I'll keep uh, supporting you from afar. And those who have checked this out, you can check Naya out again on, correct me if I'm wrong, May 11th on Paramount+. Plus. And uh, we'll be seeing her on an upcoming all-star show. Naya, thank you again for your time. And I look forward to uh, seeing you back on our screens. Likewise. I mean, well, thank you. But, yeah, I'm excited (laughs) to be back on the screens as well. And thank you for just, you know, giving me the opportunity to be here. For sure. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Awesome. You do the same. So.